Okay, we come to that time now when we confess that we may have not lived up to the expectations, that we confess that we may have sinned. So if we could turn to the prayer for forgiveness, which is on the screen. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sins and restore us in his image to the praise and glory of his name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Julie is now going to bring us our reading. Today's reading can be found on page 1075 of the Church Bibles. The reading is from John, chapter 9, beginning at the first verse. As he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of this world. Having said this, he spit on the ground, he made some mud with his, the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, this means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbours and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that it was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they demanded. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Salome and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Julie. Um, Mike's waiting in the wings, raring to go, so Mike's going to give us a sermon. Thank you, Mike. Right, good morning, everybody. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Mike, and uh, I've been coming here about two and a half years, and uh, usually you'll find me with a guitar. Behind uh, it, well, with the music stands in the music group, but occasionally, just occasionally, they let me loose up here. So, um, this morning we're talking about um, 
miracles of Jesus, Jesus healing a blind man. So can I have my first slide, please, John? In fact, probably the second one. The one after that. Can I have the next one, sorry? So, I think today maybe that, I think we live in a blame culture. We hear about that in the newspapers. And we hear it um, on the television that people talk to us about it being a blame culture. And I'm not quite sure if everyone's aware what that really means. But if, um, for a living, I go and see people that have had insurance claims. And lots of those people are desperate to blame somebody for what's happened. And I think that signs like this, wherever you see them, are an indication of the fact that people are desperate if they fall over, if they injure themselves. Something that, hap that happens to them, they are desperate to blame somebody. But I think, I was looking at this passage and I think that maybe blame culture isn't really that, isn't such a new thing. If we look back at the Jewish culture that was around when, when Jesus was, one of the debates that was popular in Jewish culture um, stemmed from a passage in Exodus 34, and it's verse 6 and 7. I'll read it to you now. Um, the Lord passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of their fathers to the third and fourth generation. Now, Jewish scholars and philosophers would have known these first few books of the Bible almost off by heart. And one of the debates that they would be having is... Is this sin really passed down? You know, can we blame our fathers, our forefathers, for the problems that we have now? They were looking to blame somebody for the problems they were having. And it was quite common that Jews would believe that calamity or suffering was a result of great sin, or that defects from birth in men and women, such as the blind man in this story, were either the result of his parents' sin or sin from the fetus when it was still in the womb. And I find that a little tricky to understand. I can't imagine us having that discussion now. But it does go on. And I think it's this understanding that prompts the disciples' question here. And they're saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And this is what they're asking. Who can we blame? Is it his parents? Is it him? Is there somebody that we can lay this on? And Jesus approaches this from a completely different perspective. He doesn't look um, to blame anybody. His understanding of Exodus 34, that passage, is completely different. Um, he notes that God doesn't hold generations accountable for the sins of their fathers, but that each person on earth is responsible for their own sin. And ultimately, this was forgiven in his death and resurrection. John 3.16 confirms this for us. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not die but have eternal life. 
Isaiah chapter 1, verses 18. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. So there's evidence here that actually there's no generational sin and what they're asking is wrong, what they're debating is wrong. And Jesus is just clarifying this um, in his actions. And what he says is very important. Jesus says, this has happened so the work of God might be displayed in his life. So he treats this man's ailment not as a time for sorrow, but an opportunity for God's glory. By healing this man, Jesus is revealing the heart of who he is, the heart of God that is love and mercy. And I began to think about this, and and I look back at times in my life when I think where I have suffered in one way or another. And I think, is that the view I take on my own suffering? Is it really an opportunity for God to show glory in my life? Because I have suffered. And that is a really hard question. Am I anxious to find someone that I can blame when things go wrong? I looked to the doctors that diagnosed my mum with cancer, were they too late? Do I even blame God because he didn't act in that situation? Was it really just an opportunity for God to transform my life and display his glory? Many of you will have had the privilege of knowing David Butcher. Um, Some of you I know were here, were even there in his final hours. Uh, A number of people who went and visited David just before he died speak of just how incredibly blessed they were by that experience. But somehow, despite his condition, he found the strength to talk about faith and God almost to his last breath. And I believe that God was using even David's last moments to glorify his kingdom. His very last words as a blessing to those around him. And that just made me think that perhaps maybe whatever our situation, however bleak it might seem, God can really use that moment and that situation to change our lives, to demonstrate his glory to us and to those around us. I just want to finish with a passage from Corinthians 2. And this is Paul writing here um, to a church in Corinth. God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. Let's just pray together, shall we? I just thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to save us all. Let's thank you that he was able to display um, 
such amazing powers on this planet, Lord, and heal many people. Let's thank you that that is left as an example for us to follow in faith. I just ask that you would give us the courage when we are suffering to display your glory.